The following podcast is a production of City View Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The following program is not ashamed of the gospel and is about to tell you the truth. Insecurity ruins lives. Instead of enjoying our lives, enjoying the world around us, we spend all of our time worrying about ways in which we are inadequate. I'm insecure about a lot of things. Growing up, I I was insecure about, gosh, everything from growing up without a lot of money to the clothes I was wearing to everything. As I've gotten older, some insecurities have gotten better, but putting myself out there on YouTube has kind of exacerbated other insecurities. You guys have a way of absolutely picking somebody apart and, and calling out all the things that they may be insecure about. Human beings simultaneously inhabit two worlds. The first of these worlds is seen and external. It is the world of our five senses, the world of sights and sounds and all that whistles and goes bump in the night. This is the world of physics where life is somewhat predictable. I often tell my students that No one breaks the law of gravity, for if you try to break the law of gravity, chances are the law of gravity will break you. The second of these two worlds is internal and unseen. It is the world of our thoughts, our emotions, and our feelings. We have a bad habit of privileging what we see and ignoring what we don't see. And this habit becomes especially problematic when we consider the fact what is unseen and what is neglected is often what is most important. It's getting harder and harder to find truth today. The Thinking Out Loud podcast focuses on a gospel response to the issues we face today. Thanks for joining us. Pastor Wall, today we're going to continue our discussion in and conversation about men and their woundedness. Now, you recently, during the summer months anyway, you did a seminar for men and a retreat, actually. And it was very good. I mean, you had lots of pages of notes, and they were all good, every page. So I don't know exactly how we want to proceed here. But I want to start by talking about worthless words and worthless associations. Because it seems to me that whatever you've put down here says to me that there is a disconnect between who men are and what they believe and how they behave. And a lot of that has to do with associations, right? And it's not just people to people. It's men and culture, men and videos and internet and all of those things imparts a certain destructive nature in men. Talk to that for just a minute before we get into your material. Sure. I always go back to men are simple creatures and you can categorize where most men are dysfunctional. It might be the world of sports. Mm -hmm. It might be social media. It might be video games. Any one of those things. I was at a restaurant with my wife last night and I'm watching several tables are consumed with fantasy football. I've done fantasy football before, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with it. It's fun. But just do one league. Don't do 10 or 15 leagues. I know, guys, every night all through football, they're going to different houses 
and they're sitting and watching games with guys. They're going over their draft and their roster, and they got money at stake. And it just it consumes them, and you just think, what a worthless, ultimately, in the eyes of eternity. I don't care what the world does, but I'm talking to Christian men. This association, and it numbs you, and it dumbs you down. It puts you on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. It makes you insignificant. Mm-hmm. And that's not what God has called us to do. I always go back to Genesis chapter 3. That's the foundation of everything I teach. God created Adam and told him to go forth and have dominion. How do you have dominion over everything when you're just consumed with your little world? You're supposed to take care of your wife, take care of your children. So many men are just kind of on the sidelines, and we need men to get back in the game. Well, that is important because the scripture talks about bad company corrupts good morals. And it's not just, as I said, people to people, it's people and all the other things that are in a person's life. You had talked about 11 characteristics that you listed that described the woundedness in men's lives. And here they are. And I want you to unpack these as we go. The number one is they cannot handle intimacy with other men. Yes. It's a common thing in psychology to talk about attachment disorder. And if a man hasn't learned to properly attach with his father or with another man, I mean in a healthy relationship, he's going to go through life trying to connect with a man. But ultimately, when it gets to that point of intimacy, the relationship is usually going to be fractured. He's going to find some reason to be offended because he just doesn't know how to do that. It's like, and I always put a qualifier on this, but a lot of children who are adopted have attachment disorder because they haven't attached to an adult until later in life. We can see this all over creation. And this man has never gained the skill of being in a proper relationship Mm -hmm. with another man. And so then, you know, the list goes on and there's one behavior after another that he exhibits. But really, that's the beginning point. Define for us the word intimacy, because usually when we talk about intimacy, it's a sexual reference. And we're not talking about that, obviously. But what is intimacy? You say uh, they cannot handle intimacy with other men. What does that word look like to you? It's a relationship where it's a give and take. So the older man has an, an ability to speak into my life. I can trust that older man. I can speak to him. And yes, I think we're seeing more and more, I'm hearing from men, particularly young men, that they're starting to venture into and explore sexual relationships with other men. And a lot of them say, I have no homosexual tendencies. I'm just so bored with what I've done. I've, I've dug so deep into the world of pornography. And we're longing for that. And oftentimes, in any relationship, man, woman, female, male, the sexual becomes the replacement for the authentic. And so I'm speaking of an authentic relationship. I have a level of intimacy with certain men in the church, and it's healthy, and they know they can speak into my life, and I I can speak into their life. We can share the secret struggles of our life, and we can depend upon one another. It's healthy. Just like any Christian relationship, it's a relationship of, of kindness. It's a relationship of benevolence. It's a relationship where I'm looking out for the best interest of the other person. It's a deep friendship is what it is. All right, that's good. I'm glad you unpacked that because sometimes we get tripped up on words, and I'm glad you uh, defined it. Number two, you say they cannot receive correction from older men. Now, we're describing characteristics of a wounded man. 
Absolutely. We see it all over our society. Fatherless sons. Look at the correctional institution. The rates, 80 or 90% of men in prison have no father. Mm. They're from single mother homes. That tells us right there. But I see it in my life that there hasn't been a man to develop this proper relationship between the young man and authority. And I speak authority in general. So he doesn't respect other men. He doesn't respect his father. He doesn't respect his teacher. He doesn't respect anybody in society. And so he's just kind of run wild. And when he does receive correction, it's not, he's unable to to receive it. And it makes him angry. And does that also hold true to young men who are in, say, for example, street gangs? Do they not respect the leaders there as well? It's a proxy. It's it's a phony or an imitation of the real thing. And okay. what we're trying to do is get men back to the real thing. Okay. They also say that uh, a characteristic of a wound in a man, their marriages are in trouble. Why is that? Because if they can't have intimacy with a man, if they have a wound with their father, it has a ripple effect in every relationship in their, in their life, which is, goes back to their marriage, the most important intimate relationship. This wounded man that I'm talking about, he's not able to connect with his father. His relationship with his mother is maybe dysfunctional, and then that spills over into the marriage. Okay, so along with that, they lead from position or power. What does that mean? Jesus demonstrated for us that all leadership is to be servant leadership. And so like any person who's unhealthy and doesn't have a good self-esteem, is not leading from their own personal confidence, they just lead as a dictator. You do this because I'm in this position. And then they start to create a a dysfunctional environment all around them. And that leads me to another aspect here, another characteristic of describing woundedness in a man's heart. They have their identity in the wrong place. We want their identity in Christ. That's the perfect scenario. And it takes guys a while to get there. And I talk to guys in their 40s and 50s. They have no confidence. I mean, what I'm talking about is my life is really dealing in the circle of men because that's my passion and that's where I have the freedom. I mean, I can't develop intimate relationships with other women in the church. That'd be inappropriate. But I also see that the man is the foundation. The man is the head. And Satan is smart. He goes after that foundation. He goes after the head first. And he knows if he can get that protector out of the home and he can get that that spiritual leader out of the home or at least put him on the sidelines and make him dysfunctional, then the whole family unit is vulnerable. And call me old-fashioned, but it's biblical that the family is to be the foundation of the culture. It seems to me that a man who's confused and doesn't know his role, that role is filled by somebody, correct? Oh, absolutely, yes. He'll self-medicate. Okay. He'll self-medicate in a dysfunctional relationship like a, a gang, or on the flip side, he'll throw himself completely into his work, and he'll get his identity and his self-esteem from that, or he'll isolate when he comes home. And there are many, many cases of see in my life where the wife will say, he just comes home, he gets on the computer, he doesn't say a word for the night, we have no interaction. He's, he's dealing with so much in his life and so much incompetency. And I think our culture really contributes to that because men just really don't have a place anymore. They don't know where they fit. Well, you say they're hurting, but they don't know how to heal. 
So where does that fit in? Are they actually looking to be healed or they just they're just kind of complacent? That's a very good question. I would say it's a, it's kind of a toss up, but a lot of them aren't. No, I don't ever want this wound to be touched. I've stashed it away deep down in there. This is why in every case I want to help a young man as opposed to an older man. An older man, I was think I was talking with you about this that in all of my years of talking with veterans, I think I've only had one guy open up to me about what he really experienced in combat. Men don't want to talk about those things. They just lock it way down there. And so some guys will just go out in the garage and spend the rest of their life in the garage, and they're, they don't want anybody to be close to them. They just want to keep their head down and plow through life. That's not what Jesus wants from us. That's not his plan for our life. And women will talk about their wounds. They will open up. If I can get men in the right environment, back to your original question about about this wound and, and will uh, will the man seek healing? If I can get the man in an environment like a retreat or a men's small group, oftentimes they will open up and they will start to, to talk about their wound. Another characteristic you mentioned is they're always in competition. So they're trying to prove something. They're trying to be bigger, better, whatever. That's us as men. We make a competition mm-hmm. out of everything <laughs> from the time we're little boys. Well, that's true. Yeah. And we're all about winning. That's, that's, I think it's a natural instinct in mm-hmm. us. And like anything else, it has to be controlled. Also, another characteristic is they are unstable. What do you mean by that? Oftentimes, they're switching from one job to the other. They're switching from one church to another it, I think it's oftentimes they're on the run because somebody is going to get close to me. And one of the things that is the worst nightmare of a man when his wife gets locked into a church and he wants to get out of there because people have figured him out, that, but he's kind of stuck. And, it, and eventually he'll really start to wane in his church attendance. I've seen that in a few examples. Just, I don't want anybody to know me. I don't want anybody to get into this wound in my life. Another thing that happens is he'll isolate his wife. He'll control her and he'll keep her away from relationship with other people. And you think, well, is a, is a guy really plotting and planning all this? No, not consciously in most cases, but we just do what's what protects us naturally. We don't even realize it. So another one, which I think is very important, they will not admit they have a problem. Self-awareness is not necessarily a part of the wound in a man's heart, and he will avoid it you know, at every turn. Yet I think that self-awareness says we're all sinners. We all have faults, and I don't know why we want to hide those from people. Maybe it's because we think our reputation will be built on that, but they will never admit a problem. Oh, I wish I had learned this early in life. It's something I'm really learning now is just to realize that not everything is everybody else's fault. I have a part to play in this. And even in cases where I might be in the right, I want to know how did I handle that? How did I deal with that? It's really helping me grow deeper in my relationship with Christ, just being willing to own my faults. That's very good. It's very healthy. A couple more here. They have no confidence. So confidence erodes. Yeah, they maybe they're in a situation where the wife smells blood and she says, oh, I, this guy is incompetent and now she's really going to step on him. 
that that might be one example. Or he's stuck in a job and his boss sees this guy is weak. I'm going to I'm going to continue to take advantage of him. I'm going to ask him to work extra hours because I know he won't stand up to me. He doesn't have any confidence in his life. And lastly, they fake it in public. So there's a persona that they're, they put forth to other people, but inwardly, you know, they're, they're not what they present. Yeah, it goes back to the self-preservation. And it always seems to come out sideways with the guy. And I talk about my, my own situation. You know, we go on the last retreat with the guys, and I'm on a, where I'm out there playing paintball, and I'm just getting so frustrated with these guys because they haven't played before, and they're not listening to me, and they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And a couple of guys noticed it, like, man, you're really getting worked up about this. And I said, yeah, you know, I don't care about this. This isn't that important. I don't know why I'm, I'm acting the way I am. But it's when we get into those stressful situations that we really find out who we are. You want to win, Exactly. Walt. I'm in competition. <laughs> well, you say that all these 11 that we just unpacked all a result or part of the result of the problem that stems from the wounds experienced from a, a father, either an absentee father or a dysfunctional father. I mean, how do you go back to getting healing for any of these? I mean, you can't change the father experience, so what do you have to do to kind of bring healing to it? Well, the first thing is repentance, and I want to just talk about that for a second. When we think of repentance, we think about crying and we think about being sorry and asking God to forgive us of our sins. That is part of it. But part of repentance is changing direction. And I'm not going to continue to walk in the same pattern that I did before. I am going to open up myself. One of the things that frustrates me is I can't get a lot of the guys who are suffering from this to get on the retreat in the first place. Because, they, oh, I know what's going to happen here. I'm going to have to open up. I'm going to have to share my feelings. But that's the idea of repentance in the mm -hmm. Bible is I'm going to come to this point in my life where I admit the game is over. Mm -hmm. I've been pretending. I've been faking it. I'm going to let God into my life, and I'm going to let him begin to expose the things in my life that I don't want to touch. And you can't help a person if they don't come to that point of repentance. Repentance, yes, it is. I am sorry for my sin, and I ask God to forgive me. But it's so much more than that. It's opening up our heart to God to say, I'm going to allow you into my life to expose everything that is not of you. And I want you to clean me out, and I want you to change me and make me a new person. If somebody doesn't come to that original epiphany that I need God and I need help, then the game is over. Mm -hmm. I think uh, that's what we as preachers do. We kind of pray and preach our hearts out. We work with guys again and again and again, and sometimes they just don't get it. It's just a, it's a hard issue. But you say, Pastor Walt, that men have inner needs. So let's unpack that for a minute. There's a sense of belonging. Now we're talking after repentance, okay? There uh, is a sense of belonging, a sense of worth, a sense of competence, and a sense of purpose. Help us to understand those, will you? As it, as it relates to bringing healing to the wound of a man's heart. In any one of these lists, just like the, the 11 characteristics of a wounded man, they're not exhaustive, but it's a good place to start. And it's a life long process, right? Mm -hmm. You're a lot older than I am, 
but we're both still working on ourselves. Right? Well, let's, uh, let's not uh, extend that too much there. Now, I'm not <laughs> that far ahead of you, but go ahead. But you know what I'm saying. It's, yeah. it's a lifelong process. It never ends. We never come to that point where we, where we arrive. But a sense of belonging, mm-hmm. men are just insecure naturally. And that goes back to that competition and feeling like we always have to win. And so what do we do when we're feeling insecure? We overcompensate. We work extra hours. We devote ourselves more to the the job. Sometimes guys can drive their wives nuts because they're trying to prove themselves all the time. And so they're just running around in a flurry of activity. And then I experience emotional lows and highs. And I'm up and down. I'm always waiting for the next victory or success in my life. And then there is the sense of worth. And when we don't have a sense of worth, we feel inferior. And that drives us back to the competition, the self-doubt. There's a need for recognition. I say to, I have said to a few guys in my life, you are, I mean, this is when I'm really getting down and blunt with them. And, and men, I think ultimately, if they're looking for healing, they will respect that you're forthright with them and that you're direct with them. But you got to earn that first and you've got to come to that point. I haven't always earned that. Sometimes I've just, you know, blasted guys and then they're just, they're gone and I, I can't help them from there but is this constant need for recognition. So I've told some guys, I can't praise you enough. No matter how many times I affirm you or praise you, it's not enough. You are a bottomless pit. And what you need to do is work on yourself and work on your your self-esteem and your sense of worth in Christ, a sense of competence. And so you, you don't feel that. I don't feel I'm confident. So you feel inadequate. You compare yourself with people all the time you have a defensive attitude. You're always making excuses for your behavior. There's something really that speaks to a guy being healthy when he just gets up and says, I own it. I did it. It's my fault. I mean, we don't see that in our society, do we? No, not at all. The place where it's shining example mm-hmm. is politics. It's, it doesn't matter what I said six months ago. I didn't really mean that. I didn't believe that. There's no virtue. There's no ethics in our culture it's just look out for number one and then you need a sense of purpose as a man and when you don't have a sense of purpose you feel illegitimate i don't belong where's my place in life and then you overcompensate with this compulsive driven spirit and then you live in defeat and you live in depression so all of these are good characteristics good things to think about they are cognitive however there are things that need to change in our thinking so Ultimately, though, doesn't it come back to Christ? I mean, no matter what, these things, we need help with them, right? I mean, we may know these things, but they're not actually living themselves out in my life. I'm still feeling not belonging. I don't have worth. I, I don't have competence. I, I don't have purpose. So there has to be that element that a man comes to Christ and these things become real to him as the Holy Spirit helps him. Yes, and men don't understand. I don't think people in our culture, in the, in general, in the church today, understand what it means to be a Christian. I think it goes that wow. deep, that hmm. back to that foundation. Hmm. To be a Christian is to follow Christ, mm-hmm. to walk in his footsteps as a disciple. Hmm. And I, I'll never forget, years ago, I was preaching a few sermons on manhood. At the end of it, a guy in our church, this is 20 years ago, who I would say was probably the poster child for, for wounded men, came up to me and he said, can't you just give us something more than pray and read my Bible? 
He did he wasn't finding it yeah. there. He wanted it in a book, he wanted it in a seminar. He didn't want to do it in the hard work of sitting down and opening up his Bible and allowing God to expose him because God speaks through our mm-hmm. Bible. And I when I think of a healthy man, I think of a man who knows his Bible inside and out. He is just immersed in that thing. Mm-hmm. And as I get older, and I know I've heard you say the same thing, the more we read the Bible, because mm-hmm. we realize how important it is. And I've got to talk to God every day, and mm-hmm. I've got to tell him, I am inadequate, I am short, I need you to help me in my life. Well, as we started our conversation, Pastor Walt, there's so much worthless words and concepts in the world. If you watch the news, which is a bad thing to do, you get it every night or every day, and and the internet is full of worthless things. The only thing of value is the words that are eternal. That's the Bible. Oh, absolutely. And uh, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but mm-hmm. my words will remain forever. That's the power of the words of Jesus Christ. Amen. Pastor Wall, I want to thank you for taking this task on of helping men understand themselves, their wounds. I know next week we're going to talk about insecurity, and I have to just end with this kind of as a tease for next week. But I know that most of my life I've lived with insecurity. And all of those characteristics that you mentioned early, the 11, a lot of those were in my life. And I always felt less than, never enough, always less than. And part of that is because the wound in my heart was I didn't have a father growing up. I was raised in a single-parented, female-headed home, and I didn't know any of the things that a father normally would teach his son about how to relate to life, how to fish, how to hunt, or whatever it might be, how to work with your hands. Never had any of that, so I always felt insecure. So I'm really looking forward to that uh, discussion. So give us a little nugget of where we're going with insecurity. Boy, we are all suffering from that. For me, I did have a father in the home. It was very dysfunctional. My father was a great provider and this is why I'm passionate this is heart the heart and soul of why I'm passionate about this he did everything that he was supposed to do except be the spiritual leader and really be the spiritual head of the home and it caused a lot of dysfunction in my life so maybe next week I can unpack that a little bit and talk about my journey because my journey was a little different I had a band-aid on my okay insecurity mm-hmm. and that was my relationship with my father it wasn't what it was supposed to be he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do and he was never told mm-hmm. so that's my passion is i want to tell men this is what i've discovered this is what you need to do well you've been listening to thinking out loud with pastor walt mcfadden pastor walt you are the senior pastor to a church in south minneapolis and it is called city view tell us a little bit about where people can find out more information about you and some of the themes you deal with the, you don't just deal with men but that's we're in this series so we're going to deal with that but you, but there's a lot of things you teach on and and do a great job on so tell us where we go to get more information sure you can go to our website cvcmpls.org we are a charismatic flavored church and we preach straight out of the bible verse by verse expository preaching our services are 10 30 on sunday morning we hope you enjoyed the podcast today and please let us know your thoughts on our topic we want to hear your feedback and your concerns as you think out loud please visit us at cvcmpls.org that's cvcmpls.org